Welcome to the podcast, Storytelling and Safety, brought to you by you, the listener. Please visit the website, storytellingandsafety.com, for other episodes. Thanks for coming to the podcast on Storytelling and Safety. Today is episode four, Stupid Food. We're going to have a discussion with a good friend, Debbie Clark, who's out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Debbie's going to talk to us about some of the struggles about losing weight and, of course, the food that you eat. The food that we eat ends up having to, well, dictate a a lifestyle. And Debbie's gone through a complete lifestyle change. And we're going to have that discussion today. So let's welcome Debbie Clark. Thanks for coming to episode four. This episode is called Stupid Food, and I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Debbie Clark, and Debbie's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Debbie, how are you doing? I'm doing good, considering. Yeah, (laughs) considering everything that's going on. You've been been finding yourself in an okay position with this coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's something you never expect to have to go through. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. It's, it's hard with the business I'm in to not stay in touch with people and touch, touch. Yeah, I know. There's a lot, you, you do a lot of work in the service industry and from a safety perspective, that safety service is hard when you're not able to develop those relationships and being in front of people. It's not, it's, that's exactly what it is that we do. Um, we get in front of people, we talk to people, but when you can't do that, sometimes you feel like you're handcuffed and I know how it feels. Um, so do me a favor. Why don't you tell the listeners what it is that you do do, and um, you can go as far back as you want. Well, I w- have been a sales manager most of my life, and then I became the vice president of sales for a large training company. And that's where I met Larry Wilson and the Electrolab family. And now I work for Electrolab, and I have for nine years, and I'm the director of consulting services. And... I have 21 great consultants that work with me, and we travel all over the country spreading the word. So Spread, yeah, Spreading the word. The word is, um, for those of you that don't know, Safe Start and um, helping individuals, humans, and workers get better at habits and avoiding injury in that regard. Um, it doesn't replace certain systems, and it doesn't replace safety compliance. It just gives additional tools for employees and Debbie is the director of those consultants that deliver the word. And I tell you what, you do have a great team. You've assembled one hell of a team and you must be proud. I am very proud. Uh, They all have their individual greatness. Uh, As you know, you're one of them. Uh, You don't work for me, but we work together. Yes. And uh, they're just a great group of guys and they really care. So that's the number one thing. Caring is good, and it actually does a great job in the world of safety. So um, thanks for mentioning that. And, yes, I I do get a chance to work with a lot of these consultants. And over the last couple of weeks, there's been major concern with continuity and resilience over the spread of this coronavirus. And, you know, staying at home and doing all the things that we do at home, you never realize that uh, being at home is important equally as much as they travel. So I'm glad they got a chance to be at home, but then now they're all – they're, so, they're all itching at the bitch trying to get out and do the work know, that they do. They're so bored. I know, they're <laughs> bored, but uh, that's what they do best. They, they go out on the road and they spread that word. So uh, just recently, and the reason why the title of this podcast is called Stupid Food, you, you've lost a tremendous amount of weight. So how much weight have you lost? How many pounds? Um, as of today, 32 pounds. 
My goodness, 32 Which is pounds. a lot for me. That's good. And so I'm, I'm very proud of it because I've tried for years and years to lose weight. And this is about the only thing that's worked for me. That's good. So tell specifically the, the listeners what it is that you did to lose all that weight. Well, basically, it's called uh, Bright Line Eating. Uh, it's uh, a book by Susan, Dr. Susan Pierce Thomas. And I went to my doctor for a, a checkup and I was in tears, basically, because every time I go to the doctor, she says, you are so healthy for a fat person, <laughs> you know, and she just can't believe how healthy I am, but yet I cannot lose the weight. And this particular time, she was about my size and uh, at the time, and she walked in and she was skinny. And I went, what happened? <laughs> I mean, what? that's why I, I was coming in and she said, I know you're not going to like this, but um, this is, uh, I'm going to tell you about what you need to do. You will lose the weight if you follow the program, but it's a, it's a lifestyle. And I said, oh yeah, I've heard that before. You know, if I hear Marie Osmond one more time, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> you love that commercial, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And um, she said, basically, and this is what, what it is no flour no sugar ever and then the quantity uh, of what you do eat and no snacks ever you eat three meals a day and that's it no flour no sugar my goodness so how between the three of those no flour no sugar no snacks of the three which one was the hardest um i would say no snacks no snacks because I work from home and in the, their philosophy is more like that you're an addict. You're a sugar addict, you're a flour addict. So, you know, I have a pusher next door and that pusher <laughs> is a donut pusher. And she's my neighbor and she pushes donuts on me all the time. And so it's really hard when you live next door to your drug pusher, which is your donut pusher. And so, you know, besides the fact that I work from home a lot, um, you know, your refrigerator's right next to you. So the no snacks was really difficult. But really, truly, after two months, I was good. It doesn't bother me one bit not to have a snack. Well, once you get through, yeah, once you get through the challenges trying to get rid of it, then you don't, you kind of don't miss it. No, you don't. And I used to dream about donuts. I mean, they were like, I miss donuts and donuts missed me. But now <laughs> yeah. I don't dream about donuts. I no, dream that's about a good spreadsheets, which is much easier and less fattening. And, and it's, well, they say it's easier to consume, but I'm not sure. I, every time I look at a spreadsheet, I, I really don't want to consume it. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> So you've had some challenges in regards to the type of food. It's, it's, it's certainly tougher in the beginning, and then it actually it, it accelerates the ease as you go through the process. And um, <clears throat> I went into a liver specialist because I had liver problems a year ago, and they said, if you don't lose weight, you'll end up with this disease called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And so I, I put myself into a position to go straight on keto, which is similar to what you're doing, but it's no sugar. Um, no carbohydrates. 
lots of fat actually, but good fat. And then um, the other the other macro that was hard for me was the protein. And then there are proteins out there that wasn't exactly meat. Um, and I'm going to say this and. Everybody knows, if you know me, I have the biggest sweet tooth in the world. And every time there was a meal, there had to be something afterwards to chase it down with some kind of sugar or sweet. Um, and and you, we have a mutual friend named Jack Jackson who knows about my sweet tooth appetite. But this, he, said, he always says that those sweets are going to get you. So when I started that diet, I, I started feeling a turn. And I myself lost 30 pounds within that, that same time frame. But it was me looking at food, and I would I would end up saying, "Oh my God, that's stupid! I don't want to eat that. That's stupid food." And I think <laughs> you're probably doing the same, right? Looking yeah, at food, I am. going, "Yeah." Uh, it, it's really interesting because I I cannot focus on what I can't have. I like to focus on how I feel when okay. I'm not eating the stupid food. No, that makes sense. Um, you know, because if I think about what I'm never going to be able to eat again, like donuts, then, you know, then I'm never going to continue this path I'm on. But if I think about, you know, if I eat this, then I'm not going to feel good afterwards, like a hangover. Uh -huh. And I don't want to eat it because okay. I am anti feeling bad. I want to feel good all the time. That's perfect. And uh, you did send me a picture through social media of what you look like. And you, you definitely look, you look great. I'm not saying you didn't look bad before, but. Um, no, I did. It, <laughs> I'll let you say that. <laughs> but you've done some work and a lot of folks like to take the giant leaps. They like to go from point A to point B without putting the work in. And to be able to sit down and look at a group of foods and say, that's stupid, I don't want that. That's the hard part. And you have to make those decisions. And I think this relates to safety. If you want to avoid making mistakes and injuries, you've got to do the hard part. You've got to do the work. Exactly. And that takes, it takes effort and that takes habit. And a lot of our listeners are safety professionals and it's hard for them to motivate people that they're trying to protect when they know it takes the work. So the type of work that it takes is a lot. So other than the first few weeks when it was hard to look at food, were there any other challenges in regards to uh, the decision-making when it came to food? Or was it just, I'm not going to eat that, that's the bottom line? Well, um, it's, you know, the, the program, the way it works, it is the bottom line is you cannot eat it or you, you kind of go out of ketosis or whatever. Uh, and so you have to start all over. So I didn't want to start all over because I had success from the very beginning. So it was more about trying to make it to the next meal without cheating, which is the, the snack portion of that, not to snack, not even on a piece of celery and to get for your body to get used to that. So I would use the safe start concepts. I'm not trying to do a commercial, but I would self trigger on the fact that I was hungry and, and I did not need to go get something to eat because really I wasn't hungry. I was in the habit of going to get something to eat when I stopped what I was doing. So, you know, if I was in a meeting and then it was over, snack time, yeah. you know, so I had to get over that and self-trigger on that hunger that wasn't really hunger. 
um, it was a habit. Oh, that makes sense. I, I remember myself working at home, I would go, I, for whatever reason, I'd have to go open the pantry. And 90% of the time when I opened the pantry, I would not take something out. I would just yeah. stand, stand there and look. Now, before last year, if there was a cupcake or a Twinkie or I don't know, some kind of Reese's peanut butter cup, they would be like, oh, grab, time to go. Uh, <laughs> but, now that, but now that that stuff has not been in the house, actually we've replaced a lot of that stuff with sugar-free Lily's products. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not, sell, I'm not selling that stuff either, but it's been a better alternative, no sugar. And it, it doesn't necessarily taste the same, but I've actually gotten used to it and that's habit forming. So let's see if we can relate this to our work life. In your work life, how much do you think it takes in terms of work to do the same thing? In other words, if I've got a job to do and I know that this is what needs to be done, are there things that you do um, that is tough to make those types of decisions? Or do you have stuff in your personal life outside of eating um, where it's tough to make those decisions, but you would use the same kind of persona, the same kind of policy, the same kind of technique in your work life? So to a summary, I guess uh, if, if, if you're trying to lose weight in regards to working, <laughs> um, is it the same amount of work as trying to lose weight for real? For me, I'm scheduling consultants all the time and I'm evaluating uh, who should go where, what client it, it would be best with this consultant and vice versa. So when I'm making those decisions, they're important for the client. So uh, I've got to just decide, I can't put it off. So where, where I used to go with this, with a diet, I used to eat my stress uh, away with my work. It's more about just getting to the point, getting to the next meal is what I did with my diet, getting to whatever the end game is of whatever I'm trying to do is, is easier because I'm just like, let's just get it over with, you know, let's make a decision, move on with it and make mistakes at a hundred miles an hour, because mm -hmm. that's really what you're doing with a diet. You're, and it's not a diet. Like I said, it's a lifestyle change, but you're trying to say, you know what, you're going to hate that you're not going to ever have a donut again the rest of your life, but it's just part of living a good, clean life. So same thing with work. You want to make decisions on the fly that you're comfortable with, and you want to make sure that they're lasting decisions that don't negatively affect your, your clients or your consultants. So you know, I don't know if that relates, but it's the best way I can explain how being structured helps me. Sure. Um, I have we, yeah, that's good. Thank you for that. I, I was thinking that if we had to revert back to old habits, and now that we are in this mode of, you know, between the two of us, 60 pounds down, and I'm sure you're on your way to more, I, I'm looking at a, a plate full of sugar, sweets, the things that I mentioned earlier, maybe even an oatmeal cream pie from Little Debbie. Oh. I'm saying, <laughs> and that's that's sit, yeah, yeah, and that, that's sitting in front of me, and then I've got a bowl of cauliflower. I know which one's the right decision. And then again, if we have a machine guard in front of me, and I know I have to have this guard in front of this belt, but it becomes easier to process 
from an easier perspective, sometimes we dwindle down into the convenience factor. And, oh, yeah. and a lot of us travel, you travel too. So when you're on the road and that's what you've been given, a handful of cauliflower that's not cooked or the little Debbie, it's easier to open up that little Debbie. It's cheaper, it's more convenient. And then of course, having to cook the cauliflower is the same as putting the machine guard on. And to make the relationship for you to me, I think that work and trying to find the right consultant takes a little bit of work. It, it takes a little bit of diving in. You know all the attitudes, you know all the relationships, you know all the people that you need to put in front of the customer. And if the customer receives the wrong personality, it could be a clash and that takes work. It would be convenient to go to the calendar and say, this is the person I'm gonna put there because that person's there. But ultimately you would say, Can yeah, yeah, right. So you would have the, the the client just wait a little bit of time just to make sure that their relationship person, the person that matches them, best fits. That takes work. So the road, the road to tough work is always the road that's less traveled. But in order for you to lose weight, in order for you to be safe, in order for you to put the machine guard on, you got to do the tough work or take the road that takes more activity or more work. So I really appreciate that concept. And that means a lot and to our listeners. I'm, I'm sure you understand that if you want employees to stop taking those shortcuts, they have to take the long way. They have to take the road that takes more work. And that's what you need to motivate them to do and take it from Debbie. She's lost a lot of weight and she's fought that battle. And that makes a lot of sense to me. So Debbie, do you have a story that you'd like to tell our listeners um, that are listening um, about a struggle that stood out for you in the middle of your weight loss? I think for me, it's saying no to friends that are, they're not trying to sabotage you, uh, but you know, they, they're just saying, oh, come on, you can have a donut from my donut pusher. You can have one. And there's something interesting about this, um, this bright line eating. It's that there's something called not my food. It's not stupid food, but it's kind of the same concept. Not my food means that's the food I'm allergic to. That's the food I'm addicted to. So I always just say to now I've learned how to say no to my friends and family when they're saying, you can have just one, you can, you know, you're not going to do this during Christmas, are you? And I'll say, yeah, that's, that's not my food. It's kind of like saying, that's not my bag, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> not my food. That's not my potato chips. That's a great analogy. So you got, you got, you got peddlers out there and you've got your drug pusher that's trying to get into your habits. That's just the yeah. same as life, right? <laughs> exactly. Same thing. Same thing. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I have to say that um, there are a lot of folks that are out there that would probably argue about some of what we're talking about because it, they would argue that it's okay to have the donut. Not every time, but once mm -hmm. in a while. But if you have ultimately made a decision to not have that donut, shame on them to try to push it. But also they should respect the fact that this is your position and this is what you should do and nobody's going to judge you or they shouldn't. It's easy to judge when somebody tells you, especially if you've been a donut eater before. Oh, you used to be a donut eater. And it's like, uh, yeah, I ate donuts before, but if I want to maintain this lifestyle because I've got a fatty liver disease or whatever, then that's something that you have to work on. And I know it's tough. And I, I applaud you for what you've done because I know well, you... 
it's hard to I, say no. I try to visualize myself in the corner, passed out with a box, an empty box of Krispy Kremes, like I've overdosed. And that <laughs> makes me feel better about not eating the donut. <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, it's funny, they're giving a, a dozen donuts away today for healthcare providers. And I'm like, okay, do you think healthcare providers want a dozen of donuts? I, whatever. It's to make them happy and smile. And I know that they're probably not always out there eating a dozen donuts, but still, if you don't want to eat the donut, don't eat it. If you want to eat the donut, make a decision, but understand that that decision is something that you need to own. And thank you for that. I appreciate it. You're Debbie. Good. You are an awesome, awesome guest. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, thanks. Uh, is everything going well for you, safety-wise, in Chattanooga? There's no big issues and everybody's good? No, um, I'm coming downtown every day, and it's just very empty. It's empty. like leaving New York, that movie. It's like kind of freaky. But, no, it's great here. We're safe. And, you know, we just keep wash hands, keep six feet apart. We're good. Okay. Well, thank you. And now uh, you tell your husband, Ricky, I said hello. And thanks. Tell him thank you for allowing you to be on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll get a kick at that. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Debbie, do you have a website that people can go to to check out your art and your photography? Oh, yeah. But uh, it's kind of long. But it's DebbieClarkWildlifePhotography.com. Okay. If you haven't seen her photography, I'd check it out. It's amazing. She's got some incredible bald eagles in her backyard and she is able to capture that in a great lens, a uh, great camera. Anyway, so Debbie, thank you so much for being on our podcast. And uh, this episode uh, will be released in about two weeks, but thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. In our next episode, we have a guest, Dr. Ray Moda, international travel speaker and baseball extraordinaire. Our next episode is called Baseball, Benching, and Brawls. Please join us next week. We'll see you in the next podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our listeners. Thank you for attending and spending some of your time with us. 